Let me pray for us. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, uh, as we uh, look at your word uh, this morning, and we uh, ponder and discuss and think on what it means to follow you. Father, uh, let your Holy Spirit clear our minds, uh, convict our hearts, and show us your kindness, which leads to repentance. Father, speak to your, to your family this morning. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, in case you don't know, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, welcome. Um, we're starting a new series called uh, Multiply this morning, and we're looking at what it means basically to follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, how we encourage others to follow Jesus. And as we do that, the gospel is sent out, and the gospel is multiplied. That's the way the church has always worked in the history of the world. It's been sent out, and we're going to take a few weeks and look at how God has basically sent Covenant Church to do those same things. Dallas Willard uh, says this, Discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. So if Jesus was a teacher at your school, how would Jesus live? That's what it really means to follow him and be discipled by Jesus, is, we, is he lives the life as if he was us. Now, that is not what I grew up with. What I grew up with was the idea that it was a class, that I went and I learned this about Jesus, this about Jesus, and this about Jesus, and I take these things and I put them in a pot, and I have this great life now, this moral life, this peaceful life, safe life, this controlled life where I'm a good person, do good things, and I'm good. And the problem with that really is this scripture. That's the problem with that. Um, and so I was thinking the other day, um, most of us in here, we're, 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 we have young kids, and I hear this all the time with family, with friends, when people have kids, what they say? Well, I guess I'm going to church and I have kids. I want my kids to grow up in church. Isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying it's not not a bad thing at all. And I think back to when I was uh, a younger person, had more hair, less weight, more energy, all those good things. And uh, and I was a student, and I think about the parents of the people that I was friends with in church. And what's interesting now, many of those friends who have fallen away from the faith are not in church, but also their parents are not involved in church or are following Jesus. And what you see in this Western culture, in this church culture, this, this is this right here. It's this idea that um, we are going to church to create good citizens. That the role of a parent in Shreveport Bossier is to send your kids to church so they have good manners, good morals, and they're a good citizen. And that once they turn 18, they're done. Like they can like play golf on Sundays and, and do all these things I can't imagine on Sundays that you do. Get to have, you know, relax and have fun, all this kind of stuff. That's their life now because there has been this kind of brand of Christianity that's been sold to us. If you go to Lifeway right now, I hate not Lifeway, not go to Amazon, but you go to Lifeway right now, you'll see all these books on how to have a better marriage, how to have great kids, how to spend your money in a wise way. All of these things that this culture basically teaches us that Christianity, the gospel, all this is about us. It's about us achieving some kind of better life now. 
And we say that we're a, a different church, we're a different people, but I tell you right now, all of us fall in this trap. We all do. And the real issue with this is if you just take a brief look at the life of Jesus, the life of the church, it blows all of that up. All of that completely up. Which brings us to, to uh, John 12 today. If you want to turn, we're going to be in John 12. Uh, we're going to be a lot of stuff today, but we're going to kind of be basically in John 12. And I'll go ahead and start off for us. Now among those who went to worship, so just so we're clear on where we're at, Jesus is very close to going to the cross. Uh, we're right in that stage of his life, um, and people are following him. He just raised Lazarus from the dead, and people are just so, they are intrigued by Jesus. They're wanting to meet him. They're wanting to follow him. They're wanting to worship him. So among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. This game of like telephone here. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. If it If it dies, it bears much fruit. The first thing we see here is that following Jesus, to really follow Jesus is not to come to a Sunday gathering, not to come to a class, not to come to this. Following Jesus means following him to death. Following Jesus means following him to death. Welcome to Covenant Church. Good morning. It's one of those things where you you pray about this and you think about this, and it's just one of those weeks where it is just hard. It is heavy knowing we're coming and we're talking about us laying our lives on the line, on the ground, saying, Jesus, this is yours. That is the starting point of following Jesus. It's not being scared of hell. It's not being a moral person. It is laying your life down and saying, Jesus, my life is yours, Jason Wood, is now dead. That is the starting point of following Jesus. And we see here these men, we see these Greeks, they came and they say, they wish to see Jesus. Wrestle with this. Do you really desire to see Jesus? Are you really seeking Jesus? Or are you seeking a means to something for you? Are you seeking a safe church where you can feel nostalgic and feel warm and feel like a good citizen? Or are you seeking Jesus and saying, Jesus, here is my life? Are you seeking a place to have your needs met? Where you come to a family of worship and you say, I want this, I want this kind of teaching, I want these kind of people, good luck there. I want this kind of kids program, I want this, I want this, I want this. Are we seeking Jesus Are we seeking our own needs to be met? Are we seeking a place to get away from the crazy world? Turn on the news, we see this, we see that, and there's this thing inside of us that just wants safety and wants control, and we run to the church to be a refuge from all these things. We're not seeking Jesus. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one 
comes to the Father except through me. There has to be a death to your way. There has to be a death to my way. As we talk about following Jesus, there is nothing to talk about until we talk about the death to me and the death to you. There's got to be a death to our way, a death to our, our idea of Western church. Do y'all realize now they are sending missionaries from China over to America to evangelize us? Because the church in the West has lost its way in so many ways. And listen, we're the buckle of the Bible belt here in Treeport Bossier. This is like the, this is where it's at. And so to think that this doesn't come teach us some kind of way to do life and ministry is foolish. We are ingrained in us this way of doing church that is not actually following Jesus. So we have to die to our way. Because following Jesus, dying to ourselves, means confessing your sins. Does that make sense? doesn't mean hiding. It means that your money is not your own. It means that your time is not your own, which means your talents are not your own, which means people will bother you and you love them anyways because we are dying to our way. There's a death to life being all about you. And it's a painful death that if you're a follower of Jesus, we're all experiencing Listen, I can't tell you how much, uh, I thought about with, this, with, uh, with Tracy this week, my flesh, more than anything in the world, just desires peace and harmony and comfort. And for all of us just to hold hands, to sing some songs, and be just like this, to be good people, to have good morals, I will be, it is hard for me to come into a gathering like today knowing that we have some serious work and repenting to do. I have been praying for us all week long that we would come here and we would just be overwhelmed with our need for the gospel and overwhelmed with conviction of how much we make life about us. Because I want to just like make you happy. I do. And so for me, as I'm walking through this idea of Dying to self this week. This week, I have been dying to the fact that I want to make everybody happy. Does that make sense? Are we on the same page here? That like, y'all walk through this too, correct? That we all, we have these things in our life. For some of you in here right now, it's your marriage. That you're just having all these problems in your marriage. And there's, there's lots of great resources. Here's just a, a real quick um, Help for you. If you die to yourself, you have a good marriage. Many times it's that simple. Yes, communicate. Yes, have date night. Yes, do these things. If you die to yourself, you'll have a good marriage. Maybe for you, it's just, it's, it's money. Money for you is this thing that's always just kind of has your heart and has your worries, has your concerns. If you die to yourself, you'll see that God takes care of the birds in the air. How much more will he take care of us as children? We have nothing to worry about. But it all starts, friends, it all starts with us dying to ourselves. But here's the good news of the gospel. It's not just us dying to ourselves. It's not just this kind of depressing thing we're kind of saying, we've got to be better, we've got to do this, we've got to do this. It's not just dying to ourselves. We must die to ourselves. We also must believe that Jesus is life. 
Let's look back at our passage. He says, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. And that phrase there, it remains, excuse me, it remains alone has stuck with me this week. Unless this grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, Jesus is talking about himself here. Unless he goes and dies, he can't multiply God's kingdom. But that is so true for us. What we see here is a church, is a world that refuses to die to themselves. Because we think in our heads that somehow we have a way to find a better life. But the truth is many of us are tired, we're anxious, we're alone, and we're depressed. It says right here, unless the grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. We have a culture, a society that is isolated and alone. And we have the good news right here. That if we die to ourselves, here's the good news, family. If we die to ourselves and believe that Jesus brings life, we have new hope, new life, a new family. We do not remain alone. That is good news for us today. So it's one of those things, we don't just die to ourselves. We die and we sacrifice for what we believe brings life. So I'm an exercise fiend, obviously. And so, but just kidding. But some people, um, they diet and they exercise. They have these just phenomenal bodies, all these kind of things. It's this world I can't imagine to be in. And you think about this, um, they sacrifice good food and sacrifice sweating and working out so that they believe there's a prize, right? The prize is a beach body. That's what it is. That is the prize. And so the truth is, anything in our lives that we sacrifice for, we sacrifice because we see treasure at the end. Matthew 13, as Jesus describes his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. That is a version of Jesus that our culture needs to see, that you need to believe. We sing this song, Jesus is better, make my heart believe. Church, we need to sing, make our heart believe that he is the treasure. If we were to believe that he is the treasure, we would have no problem sacrificing our lives. We don't sacrifice because we do not believe. Let me ask you, do you believe that life is found in Jesus? Like we're sitting here, you're in Treeport, Bozier, you've probably heard this before, but do you not, do you have good morals or you went to VBS or one of those things? Do you believe that true life is found in Jesus? You think about this treasure. What is this treasure found in Jesus? Well, he defeated sin for us. Defeated death for us. Sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to bring us new life. There is great treasure, there is great hope found in Jesus. It's this truth that we start with and we come back to over and over and over again. The fact that we die to ourselves and we have new life in Jesus. This is the beauty of the Christian life. That we, that we get to have abundant life. 
not get through the day kind of life. We have abundant life. And my fear for us, my fear for me and my family is that many times we don't believe and trust in this abundant life. And we keep running back to these silly, foolish, non-filling things over and over and over and over again. And my heart as one of your pastors, as one of your brothers today, is to look at the life and the words of Jesus and say, there is more life, there's better life, there's true life, there's real life found in Jesus. And see, what this is, as we sacrifice and give away our life, as we hate our life and we lose our life and we believe in this new life found in Jesus, there is this reordering of priorities that happens. So we talked about a few minutes ago this idea of wanting a good marriage, of, of wanting to have, um, to raise your kids the right way, of wanting to spend your money the right way. Listen, those are all really, really good things. Those are godly things. But when they're, when they're out of order, they're bad things. Matthew 6, 33, you've heard this before. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seeking first is another call to his way and a death to our way. As we seek first his kingdom. Listen, many of us can't enjoy the gifts God gives us because those gifts own us. Like we can't enjoy our marriage because we expect our marriage to do only what God can do. And when that's the case, my, my spouse is always my functional savior. And listen, my spouse will always let me down. I will let my spouse down. That's a bad way to put that. I will always let my spouse down because we are not made to be put in that place. But as we start first with the kingdom of God, and not Jason's kingdom, not your kingdom, but God's kingdom, if we sacrifice ourselves, believe in his way, at that point, man, what a gift marriage is. What a joy marriage is. What an opportunity marriage is to display God's kingdom to the rest of the world. When they see two people sacrificing their needs, their wants, their desires for each other, that's a picture of God's kingdom. But it only happens when we die to ourselves and seek his kingdom first. Think about uh, your kids. Kids are really tough because we love our kids so much. But we put our kids in this position when they're the, the, the meaning of our life. Our kids can't possibly carry that weight. They cannot do it. But if we deny ourselves, deny our expectations of what our kids should do, but deny ourselves and seek God's kingdom first in their life, our kids then are these great blessings for us to love and to nourish. But there has to be this reordering in our lives. And it's many times while we're not enjoying these good things. You think about, for some reason... And I do this too. We worry about money. In Matthew 6, where it says, seek first kingdom of God, Jesus is talking to people who do not know where their next meal is coming from. That is the truth right there. They don't know. So for lunch, I know what I'm having. There's no question. For dinner, for, for lunch tomorrow, there's no worry for that for me. But for these people, they had no idea where their next meal was coming from. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. The fact that we worry about money in our society and our culture shows so much about our heart. It just does. Because we are, 
We are abundantly secure. Now, some of us might not be, and that's okay too. But many of us in this room have nothing to worry about. But when we do wrap money, it reveals things in our hearts. So here's the good, here's the good news and the bad news. Many times we, we come to a gathering like this, and the gospel is real, and the gospel works, and our hearts are convicted. And we, and we write in a card, and we tell a friend, we tell our spouse, I've got to just deny myself, believe in the new life found in Jesus, and live this life. The problem is um, tomorrow, right? The problem is tomorrow. <laughs> Look at Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Our flesh has a crazy habit of always coming back to life. Like you kill it today and it's back tomorrow. It raises back over and over and over and over and over again. This is what sanctification is. It is dying to yourself, repenting of who you are, and believing in Jesus over and over and over and over again. And you look up two years, three years, four years, five years from now, and there's a different person. Because you're in the process over and over of dying daily. So we, as, as we start following Jesus, we must die to ourselves. We also must die daily and believe in him. So how do we practically do that? Look at Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As we practice and cultivate this idea of dying, that God has given us the church. The church where we come together and encourage each other and stir up one another to basically die daily and believe in Jesus. That is the role of the church. So what do you do? You're faithful to attend worship gathering, to sit under gospel preaching. Your soul, more than you know, needs to hear gospel preaching every single week. As followers of Jesus, Sunday is the day we come together and worship. That is just the the rhythm of the history of the church. That is what we do. So to expect that we're going to have joy, to expect to have the conviction to deny ourselves and not be faithful to gather as a church, sit under teaching, sing songs that lift up Christ, partake in communion together, to believe we cannot do those things and follow Jesus in the way of Scripture is ludicrous. The idea of sitting at home and podcast is not a biblical mandate at all. That is a lie that we believe that it's just Content transfer. I can tell you right now, this morning, I'm in that office at 7.30, getting ready to preach. And just seeing the men and women in our church walk by to come help serve this morning literally lifted my spirits. Literally, there is something that is supernatural about gathering together and just seeing each other and laughing together, sometimes crying together, many times for me crying together, to do these things together together that God just moves and he works. And we have, we have this, this culture now that really preaches this idea of being this individual that can do what you want and when you want. And that is so damaging to our souls trying to follow Jesus. So we desperately, we need to gather corporately. We desperately need to gather and confess sin to each other. 
People should know the dark corners of your heart. That seems like a lot of fun, doesn't it? They should know the dark corners of your life because you need someone to remind you there is good news found in Jesus. You need to hear that his kindness does lead to repentance for you. We need that desperately. We need the spiritual disciplines. We need to go home, wake up early, pray and ask God to move in our hearts and study God's word. Let his word renew our minds. Our souls desperately need these things. These ordinary means are needed now more than ever. These ordinary, ABC, basic means are needed to live a sacrificed life and believe in Jesus. But if that was all that it was, if all of following Jesus was just those things, sacrifice, believe in him, then we would become this kind of like closed off little group that cares nothing about the rest of the world. Let's go back to our passage. John 12. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loses his life, whoever loves his life, loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. When our agenda is done and our hope is secure, we are free to love others. The whole point of this entire thing of following Jesus is to see fruit in the life of others. For us to think that we do all this work so that we can be encouraged, have this great Sunday thing, and think nothing of the rest of this world, to our neighbors, our families, our friends, our co-workers, whoever it might be, to just make it about us, then we are, we are mistaken. We are off track. Listen, your family, your workplace, they need a crucified you. Imagine, imagine our community. If just the people in this room were to take up our cross, believe in Jesus, live with this joy, and then just place ourselves right where God has sent us. And we were just this, this beacon of declaring who, who God is, how good he is. When God's truly your treasure, you can't help but talk about him. Listen, this is the point of your death and your new life, is that God has placed you, God has sent you where you are. The school you teach at is full of hopelessness. And God has sent you there and placed you there to be this living, breathing picture of the kingdom of God. It was so great. I was talking with uh, Jeff Grubbs this morning. A few weeks ago, he came up to me and just really burdened and convicted that he's kind of been just uh, walking through things and just felt burdened. He works at KCS. Felt burdened to just start praying for people at work. Talk to him this morning saying, there's a move of God at KCS. That is the picture of a follower of Jesus seeing themselves as something's off here, dying to themselves, believing in Jesus, and showing the rest of the world how good he is. This is not rocket science. This is simple, but it's really, really hard. 
And we need each other to spur each other on to good works. And then to go out to the rest of the world and bring that good news. Gosh, our our city, our community, our world needs this. Following Jesus, it should produce fruit. When we don't see fruit in the lives around us, that should be a red flag to us. If our kids aren't looking more like Jesus, that should be a red flag to us. If the people at our workplaces don't see us as a a person to turn to or we see fruit in their lives, that should be a, a red flag to us. We work at this office downtown, and, and we have this girl who does printing. And Luke, just over the past few years, has just been investing in her, investing, investing, investing. And she told Luke the other, a few months ago that I'm not sure about this whole Jesus thing, but you're the happiest person that I know. That is the picture. Now, this is the, the, the tough part. At your workplace, if we go to your coworker and say, what is so-and-so like at work? Do you understand that God has placed you there? So we talked about, Matt and Jane went to, went to Southeast Asia a few uh, months ago. And these people, they're working regular jobs. Like they're not going and being pastors. They're running a coffee shop. They're doing medical care. They're working a job. Guess what? We're doing the exact same thing. We're in America. We better Wi-Fi. That's it. That's the difference. And so but we ha- there's this shift, and it's as we die to ourselves, and God raised up to new life, that we have these new eyes that we see that everywhere God sends us, family meal at uh, Christmas, that is a place for us to be light for people, our workplaces. You know, uh, as we think about this as Covenant Church, we kind of wrap this up. Covenant is not some uh, church where Luke has this grand vision of building a building twice this size so we can all house people to hear Luke preach every single week and we all kind of get sent out by Luke to do these certain things to accomplish this vision. That is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to equip you for the works of ministry so we have 200 different visions in this church going on. So God has sent you out to do this unique thing for his kingdom work. Think about Heather Loach uh, starting a Bible study at her work a few months ago and seeing God just move with these hairdressers at her work, having these Bible studies, uh, following Jesus, all these crazy things that are happening uh, within her workplace. That is what God has called us to do. That is the win. That's how the gospel is sent out and the gospel is multiplied. So next steps for us. First question I have for you. Where do you need to die to yourself? As we talk about these things, where is the Holy Spirit just kind of raising the flag for you of what you're holding on to? Maybe it's control. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your comfort. Maybe it's all those things. I have no idea. Where do you need to die? And take your card out real quick. Write this on your card so we can pray for you. And also you can write it down. It becomes a real thing in your heart and your life. Where do you need to die? How do you need to cultivate your new life? So as we die to ourselves and believe in Jesus, how do we cultivate that daily? Because you're going to leave here today and it's going to kind of be distracted. So maybe for you, you need to be faithful to attend worship gathering. Maybe you need to be in a discipleship relationship. Maybe you need to make sure you read your word every single day. How do you need to cultivate life in Jesus daily? And last, and most important, who is God sending you to? 
as God is raising up new life in you and has placed you in somewhere I don't know, who is God sending you to? Because God is sending you somewhere. There are people in your life that God has placed around you. And if we as followers of Jesus do not own that, we are in sin, plain and simple. Who is God sending you to? Because my prayer is three months, six months, a year, two years. These names that we write down, they are the fruit that we see in our lives of investing in those people, of praying for those people, of declaring that God is good in front of those people and inviting those people in to us. Many times, those people you write down, all they need is a dinner invitation. Most people are lonely or hurting or scared or vulnerable. Invite them in. That is the call of Jesus. Jesus came down and got really close to us, right? He, put on, he got so close, he put on flesh. And was God in the flesh and lived among us. Died for us because we, to, so we could defeat sin. Rose again to give us new life. And then he invited us to carry on his kingdom. But it starts with men and women simply saying, I'm going to die to myself so that this fruit can happen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, you have given us life. Uh, Forgive us for seeking death. Over and over, we seek things that do not produce life. So Father, please forgive us. But thank you also for being a loving God whose kindness leads to repentance. So remind all of our hearts right now, we say in Ephesians 3, of your love for us, the height, weight, the depth of how much you love us, Father. That is good news for our soul because many times we do not feel lovely. Father, move in hearts right now. Let us feel the weight of our brokenness and show us there's new life in you. Father, let us leave here today and and cultivate this new life and, and live a life of sacrifice for others. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take communion. Um, you have to be a member of our church, take communion, but you have to be a follower of Jesus. Um, but before you come, uh, do hard work. Uh, make sure your heart is prepared to take communion. Um, come when you're ready.